Good morning, hey. I'm, okay. Feels like Stephen Colbert or something right now. No, come on, no. Uh, good morning, uh, if I haven't met you before, my name is Shibu Matthew and I'm uh, really uh, excited to be here with you today. Uh, have you ever, have you ever had something spoken about you, consequential, inconsequential, that somehow came true? This thing like was uh, uh, something somebody said, you could have been 10 years old or 35, but something was said and, uh, and it grabbed you and it, you didn't know in the moment, but later on that thing turned out to be true about you. I was at a Mexican restaurant here in Olathe, delicious, uh, and, uh, and this guy who uh, was the store manager was also our cashier and he is like over the top nice, like Hey, have you been here before? Can I tell you about the menu? Can I, um, let me tell you what's best and what I'd maybe stay away from? Because he was just like being totally honest. And, uh, and I said, dude, what's your name? He goes, Delfino. And I said, do you know, like, I've never heard that name before. Do you know what that name means? It's kind of a weird question, but some of us around here have been just like researching our names and trying to figure, I didn't know what my name meant until just the, the last few years. And so uh, he goes, ah, I don't know. There's a Delfina that's for a female, a Delfino for a male, and uh, my, my parents are from Spain, and it's an ice cream brand in Spain. <laughs> so I'm like, I think it's more than just ice cream. It's kind of a, and so we went back to our table. A few of us started Googling, what does Delfino mean? And uh, dolphin, actually. And, uh, and also what comes with dolphins is this idea of goodness and friendliness. So I, I go back up to Delfino, I'm like, dude, your name. And not all of you do this, but some of you are cut from the same cloth as me. You'd like go up to a random stranger and be like, dude, your name is awesome. It actually means what you are. Like, you're really friendly and you're good. That's awesome when that happens. It's, it's not awesome, though, when, uh, when something different happens. Because I had this phrase spoken over me when I was a child. And this phrase was a Malayalam phrase. Malayalam is an Indian language, South Indian language. There's 38 languages in India, so don't try to translate. But, <laughs> but this Indian language, the, the phrase was this, avan apachinda churonda. Apachin, by the way, is the word for grandfather. Chuda is the word for heat, like hotness. <laughs> and onda means he owns. Uh, so what this literally meant was he has his grandfather's hot temper. Yeah, so I don't remember what age, but like seven to 10, somewhere around there, I started hearing this. And the grandfather I knew, like, was the patriarch, super mellow, like, Grandpa Uppachin, he's not that hot. He's not hot-tempered. But then I asked my dad, and he had six brothers and sisters. I said, tell me about this Chuda, this hot temper that grandfather had. And he says, oh, well, he was a... He was in the British Royal Navy in India, fought in World War II, and he came home like he was still in the Navy. <laughs> like he ran this house like a drill sergeant. And if we miss, had a misstep, then we felt his short fuse hot temper. Now, it may have been true that I had a short fuse, <laughs> but you know what happened over the next few years? I had a short fuse. Like I was, now they were telling me I was angry. 
And if you're going to tell me something, a psychologist called a self-fulfilling prophecy, where you give somebody some words, they start to behave like that. You reaffirm their behavior, and then it just kind of keeps going in this endless cycle of like they're living into this prophecy that you've given them, self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, the, the way this impacted me was uh, personally start to have some self-hatred, start to have some things that you're angry towards yourself. Uh, it starts to impact your, your relationships. So I remember being on the other side of this green wall, and uh, I'm the pastor of student movements here, so oversee the student ministry. And this is about seven or eight years ago. And I had, uh, I had asked for a, a bigger room for our students to meet in. And M team, management team, our senior leaders kind of who make the decisions, they sit kind of above all the ministries and figure out which resources to allocate where. Um, they had heard my request, and this, uh, this time it was no, like that, you can't have that room. Inside, uh, something happened in me uh, where it was kind of in an email exchange, but now it was now a face-to-face exchange where I was invited into this office to sit with M team and talk about what I was feeling. And what I was feeling was hot. I was upset. I was like fired up. It came out in some ways that I would later regret. Uh, it led to more face-to-face meetings where we had to repair some things. I tell this to my five-year-old, relationships break, and then we repair them, and they're stronger. And so we believed that some of those face-to-face meetings made us better. Uh, and I, I trusted that and really see some growth from those moments. But when Dan asked me to teach on anger today, he was like, remember those meetings? It's <laughs> like, yeah, I remember those meetings. It affected my marriage. When I got married, I'm like, I'm like really good at the simmer and the eye roll that just kind of portrays disgust in something, you know, and like I'm good at, I'm not always verbally outlashing, but like I can, I can be angry and take it out on my family. My kids, uh, I can be angry towards my children. Anger is a big deal, and I want to put us all on the hook for anger today because anger can look like different things. We know, just to kind of share some statistics with you, we know that, like, this is real deal, like, domestic violence sorts of things happen as a result of the issue we're talking about today. We know 64 calls per day in the state of Kansas are logged uh, with regards to domestic violence. That's a stat from 2015, so it's a little old, but I can't imagine that things would have gotten, you know, better but more likely worse. Another number here is 331. This is since February 1st of this month, the number of violent incidents reported to uh, the Johnson County kind of Sheriff's Department. I mean, that's that's the world we live in. I mean, we don't have to get far to like, like now people are, um, like publishers are disabling comments on like the latest reporter's article because the comment section just gets outrageous, like literally outrage spewing forth. And so we know this is the world we live in. Some of us are affected by those numbers. And if you know somebody who's affected by those numbers, like please seek out like real help with professionals. Some of us are like far from affected by those numbers, but anger is still a deal. 
It's an emotion. Uh, there's two kinds of anger. We're going to look at here a story Jesus tells. And, uh, and this is where uh, some crowd interaction, I, I, I'm going to need somebody to every time you see the word anger in this story, just it's, it's going to happen two or three or four times. I'm not going to tell you exactly how many. Uh, but just somebody shout out, uh, I don't know, anger, you know, like in an anger. Does that work? Okay. All right. So this is a story Jesus tells about anger. I want you to pay attention to when you see anger. Uh, it'll be really overbearing if all of us yell anger at the same time. So we'll just wait for that one or two people. But this is in Matthew chapter 18. Here's what it says. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. This is a story Jesus is telling who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Anger. Anger. Yeah, there you go. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Yeah, anger, action there. There you go. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. You guys would be great youth group people. (laughs) And went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all anger. That's true. That's good. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Yeah, anger there. Two kinds of anger in this story. One is a destructive anger. Like you literally see it in the violent moment, hands on the throat, that Jesus is telling this story. Uh, second anger is a, is a productive anger that actually is angry at an injustice. Like the servants are like, this guy, they're outraged that this guy treated somebody like that. And they go to their master and say, this happened, and there's outrage. So two kinds of anger there. Uh, the servant who said, pay back what you owe me, and then the servants who witnessed the injustice. Now, today... We are not talking about productive anger. Productive anger is phenomenal. Like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., productive anger fuels peaceful protests. Uh, Productive anger fuels so much good. Today, we're not talking about productive anger. We're actually talking about this destructive anger, which I think we're all on the hook for on some level. In a moment, I want to give you a a, a quiz. It's five questions. I'm going to read the question, and then you're just going to silently at your seat, you're just going to gauge kind of your response to that question. You don't have to share. No one's going to share out loud or anything. But just these five questions, they kind of help distinguish between productive and destructive anger. Okay, you with me for anger quiz? Okay, don't get angry. Okay, all right, here's question number one. How does your anger affect others? How does your anger affect others? And this is a, a little description. Productive anger leads to positive outcomes like compromise, empathy, even intimacy. Destructive anger leads to others feeling afraid, disrespected, or hurt. Just a few seconds to think about your answer to that question. Okay, next question. On an anger scale of one to 10, can you differentiate between a level two and a level nine? 
This requires cultivating awareness around how anger feels in your body at every stage. At a low level, your teeth might clench. At a medium level, your hands might shake. At a high level, it might be even difficult to breathe. The other side of the green wall was probably an eight, by the way. (laughs) Okay, next question. Do you consistently wait until you're at a five or higher before you say how you feel? If you frequently let yourself stew or stew then spew, your anger is likely, likely more destructive than productive. This is a good one. Like, I, I would need to think about this one for a while, so I know we're not giving you enough time. But next question here. Do you frequently blame others for your angry feelings or the consequences? Anger can be empowering, but only if you take ownership of it. Is there a last one? Do you accept anger as a natural human emotion or do you push it away? If you feel ashamed of yourself every time you experience anger, you're more likely to shut off the underlying messages your anger is trying to communicate. Things like, that isn't fair, this doesn't feel right. It might be what you're feeling, but the anger is what spills out. It's for all of us, (laughs) whether you're a one or a 10 or this comes in spikes or just on the way here. I know the ride to church with my family can exhibit some tense moments, you know, but anger is a deal for all of us. If we don't deal with our anger, it's going to destroy us. If we don't deal with our anger, it's going to destroy us. Ephesians, this Bible crawl that we're in, today we come to Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27. Here's what it says about anger in Ephesians. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Now, uh, by the way, brawling there, you might think like this is the WWE and we're like fist to cuffs. Brawling literally means shouting. Like literally the word in the original language of the Bible is just shouting. So raised voices, that's on the list here. Malice, you know, I'm going to tell a story in a moment that's, uh, that's pretty embarrassing, but it's just vulnerable. It's about some malice towards my dog that kind of, I know, it's like, dude. But this was kind of six or seven years ago, around that time when anger was bubbling up and something was happening. Now, uh, anger doesn't always look like an outburst. Uh, There's a slide here for this. Anger is not always an outburst. Uh, It can be the silent simmering. It can be the stonewalling between two friends or partners. It can be vengeful vengeful thoughts. It can be contempt. It's the angry email that you've written up here but never even typed out or sent, you know? That's anger. Now, anger can be productive, but we're talking about the destructive parts of anger. Because even if you don't send that email, you might think the anger didn't affect anyone. Oh, oh, but it did. And this quote from my favorite author, uh, Frederick Buechner, here's how he writes about anger. He says, of all the sins, anger is possibly the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontation still to come, to savor to the last toothsome morsel both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back in many ways is a feast. It is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. And the skeleton of the feast 
is you and I. So anger is our deal, and we're the ones who do it to ourselves, and it spills out occasionally and affects others. But how do we deal with our anger before it destroys us? So the dog, I'm, uh, I'm walking the dog. It's a, it's a cockapoo, cutest, cuddliest thing. Like all these breeds that we're making now are incredible. But this dog has a dark side. He won't do anything I ask him to do. We've been to obedience school. We've got heal, sit, stay, all the stuff. He's not doing any of the stuff. Now this is, I, I'm married. Uh, I don't have any children yet. I'm outside walking the dog and, uh, and he just won't do it. And we get to the end of the walk, and I turn around. He just won't do anything I say. Well, I'm trying to do everything that I've, you've learned in obedience school. The anger is rising, you know. We're feeling things. And so in a moment, like, the anger leaves the body, and I gently nudge the dog with my foot. It just kind of, and in this moment, something has happened that hasn't happened in public before where I realize, oh, no. We just kicked the dog. I'm like looking for all this, people looking through their windows, seeing this man who's just had this rage spill out of him. I, I'm serious. I did not pick up the dog and drop kick it. Like that did not happen. Did I want to at some point? Yes. But I, it, this was a gentle nudge, so I know I'm a dog lover. Don't, I want to be clear about that. So, but what it did though, and here's, here's where it got real because I couldn't forget it. And a couple days went by, and, uh, and God brought that situation back to me, and he said, are you going to, if you kick the dog, are you going to kick the kids? It's like, let's push that thought down, God. I do not want to think about my anger doing that someday. And being a, a, a married person without kids, I was like, oh, my gosh. Couldn't shake this thought. Carried it to um, my best friend Dan and uh, my wife Anna and just said, like, what do I do? And they were like, it sounds like you need to talk about this with somebody. And I made what was one of the most important phone calls of my life to uh, Resonate Counseling Center here in South Oakland Park and just said, I think I need to make an appointment. You know, it's one of those, you don't know what you're supposed to say, but you say something. And, and a year later, hundreds of dollars of money that I would have paid thousands of dollars for, like looking back, I went through some anger management, some counseling. I learned all about emotions, guys. I learned that there's primary emotions, things that are like shame, fear, anxiety, even joy, some positive ones. Uh, but, the, uh, but there's secondary emotions. It's like an emotional kind of ball of yarn, and there's emotions outside those primary emotions. And some of those are actually anger. Now, this is emotions. It's a field of study that's very abstract, so you're going to read a different list of primary emotions from depending on who you're uh, talking to or who you're Googling that day. Uh, but what I learned was that in the moment walking the dog, something happened. The dog wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. Everyone else's, each one of your dogs does exactly what you want it to do, is what I was thinking. I'm the bad dog owner. I'm the one who can't, like, who spends the money for obedience school, who can't get his dog to do what he wants him to do. Everyone else, and everyone else is watching me walk this dog right now. It just sounds, it's ludicrous, right? Like, to say out loud, but that's the, that's the thing going on up here, thinking that I'm a bad dog owner. And so I had this moment where uh, my counselor, she said, so what what is it? And I got snarky with her. Actually, I don't get snarky often with people, but she just asked me, she said, what does your anger feel like? Anger. 
Any more dumb questions? You can, in therapist's office, you like feel safe to like say anything because like it's anything goes, right? Uh, and she goes, no, literally, what do you feel? Like, does this get hot? Like physically, do you have a change in temperature? Do you, does your scalp itch? It does like for some people or like, uh, is there a rigid kind of something change in your posture? It's like, oh yeah, I mean, now that, you, now that I'm living in the moment, I'm like, there was some like heat. I was like literally feeling and a quick pulse and these things that were happening. And we, we, she bottom lined me at appointment number seven or eight and just said, you think you're a bad dog owner? And I'm like, I do. And it was this moment of realizing shame was the primary emotion that had triggered, that had spilled out and become this other emotion, anger. And now I was hurting the dog. So we, we got there. We got there really um, deeply and realized that we're going to be a bad parent some days. <laughs> and when that happens, we're going to do some things to emotionally kind of calm down. We're going to count to a thousand. That's what Gary Chapman says to do in his book on anger. Like counting to 10, sure. But when you count to a thousand, by the time you get to the 500, you're going to have an emotionally safe response <laughs> for whoever you're angry with. And so what does it look like to do those things, you know? Ephesians says this, in your anger, do not sin. Guys, we, we sin in our anger. Like it's the default. In our anger, we do sin. It looks like this. It looks like annoyance. I know that seems like mild, but being annoyed with God's creation, the other person on the side of this interpersonal conflict, like that's sin. I've done that. Disgust, uh, um, hatred. If you talk to marriage and family therapists, disgust and hatred form this cocktail called contempt. And there's just like this thing where this is dangerous. And this is why Paul writes in Ephesians, get rid of all anger, get rid of it. God's angry. There's moments where we see in the Bible where God is angry at his people being faithless. It's a productive anger, okay? There's no destructive anger in God. There's like this productive anger. Jesus is angry at people who are treating other people unfairly people who are stealing from others, like that's things that make Jesus angry. But here's what we read in the Bible is that God's anger lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Psalm 30, verse five, God's anger lasts a moment, but his favor, his goodness lasts a lifetime. Now, how do we know that? Because that's a thing that sounds like a great sticker or whatever, but How do you know that that's true? You know that's true because we get to see Jesus and Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So when we look at Jesus, we see exactly what God is like. And in Jesus, we see that God was angry at sin. So sin that affected me, the person that made me feel ashamed about me, sin that affected the person I was in a relationship with, sin that affected a community, sin that affected our earth. Like how much sin has affected like the cosmos? Like all that sin, all the sin in this room, like your list of sins up to now and into the future, all that stuff, God was angry at sin. 
and in his forethought, in his plan, decided to have a plan to deal with that sin. And Jesus was the plan. Jesus was the plan to deal with that sin. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 8, uh, or Romans chapter 5, verses uh, 8 and 9 here. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by Jesus' blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath, anger, God's anger at sin through Jesus? So the plan is to use Jesus, his own son, to make sure that we get repaired and this relationship that's broken gets put back together. Now, we, we've been praying about this day, and, uh, and as we thought about just kind of what God was doing, this word kind of came to mind that was not a word that we use very often, but it was just deliverance. It was this idea of somebody being delivered from their anger. Maybe you've identified like the anger or the rage or something in between, and God wants to take the anger and have you experience his peace. That like... That might happen in a moment, like a particular moment in time, like today, this morning, God could take away the anger. Or it could like, look like this, where today you decide, I'm making the phone call to get some help. Or I'm talking to somebody about this thing that's low level and sometimes out of control. I'm going to do something about it. So we, we just believe like deeply that right here in the seats we prayed for, that God wants to trade He wants your anger in your hands, and he wants to take that and give you peace. Like, mark it down, guaranteed. You come to God with your anger, he wants to take it and give you peace. How it looks for each of us might be different, but that's what he wants to do today. And the the second thing is this, is we, uh, we believe that God wants to be your God, and that in this moment, some of you who have been coming here for weeks on end or months or this is your third time and you come here knowing that you need God. You don't know how, but you know you need God. And that's the other invitation we feel like is for February 24th, 2019 in this space right now. And so in a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a couple prayers. One of them is is this one. God, here's, here's the anger. And we're all on the hook for that. And so I'm just going to ask all of us to, to just do this in a moment. And whatever your anger looks like, just hold it there. The, uh, uh, the other thing we're going to do is give you the chance to say yes to Jesus today. And I'll read a prayer to you that will be exactly what you'll be led in. And if that's you, we, February 24th is the day. And that could be an awesome thing. So let's do this. Just just hold your hands like a bowl and whatever your anger looks like, just leave it in there. I'm going to lead us in a prayer that you can just listen to uh, and silently pray to yourself. God, this is my anger. The destructive part of it that I know affects me and others. And God, I choose to trade what's in my hands, my anger, for your peace. So in this moment, God, 
Rescue me from my anger. In your name, amen. In a moment, guys, maybe in the next song, at some point here, like that trade, that transaction, if it hasn't happened, God wants to do that. This is what he does. The second prayer is this one. I'm gonna read it to you so you can see the exact words that um, might describe what your next step is. Here it is. God, I don't know how to do this, but I know it's the next step for me. I believe that Jesus carried my sin to the cross, that he defeated sin and conquered death. I believe that. I'm done running my life. Today, I'm giving my life's control to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. That's the prayer. It's not the words, because that's not really spiritually eloquent. It's this. It's just your heart's confession. Let's just close our eyes and pray that prayer. If you're gonna pray that prayer, I'm gonna pause after each sentence and, and you can just pray that in your heart at a whisper or out loud, however you feel led to. Can you put this prayer back on the slides, please? God, I don't know how to do this, but I know it's the next step for me. I believe that Jesus carried my sin to the cross. That he defeated sin and conquered death. I believe that. I am done running my life. Today I'm giving my life's control to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Band's gonna lead us in a couple songs here. We wanna like celebrate with you. We wanna say yes to God alongside you. And so if you would, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand in a moment here. If you did, we wanna just say yes, that. Raise your hand if you did. Yes to that. I'm gonna pray for those hands that were raised. Father, we just say this moment at 9.54 a.m., February 24, 2019, a great exchange has happened where some of us have said yes to you and we're done running our lives. And Jesus, you're our leader. And so we celebrate with these brothers and sisters. In your name, Jesus, amen.